the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more insurance, real estate, the cost of kids. Big mistakes we make financially, divorces. Man, marrying the right person could be a really good financial balm for y'all. Marrying the wrong person could be, how shall we say, the uncontrollable itch that even penicillin doesn't take away. There's a lot to talk about with money. One of the areas that I like to talk about with money is real estate. Now, there's different types of real estate if you think about it. There's the house that you grew up in. There's the first place that you get probably a rental apartment or something like that where you live with buddies, either female buddies or male buddies. You deserve a little respect, my buddy. So you you get into the, and then later on, you're like, you know what? I hate people. I want an apartment by myself. And then you're like, well, I'm lonely. And you fall in love with a member of the opposite sex or a member of the same sex. I don't know. And you're like, let's live together. I don't want to live with buddies anymore, but I don't want to live by myself and I can't stand not being with you. Let's do it. So you live together and then, whoops, you make a baby. And that little one-bedroom apartment, no bueno. You got to go bigger. So there's different concepts of real estate. But what's even past that? Now that you got the single family home, the kids go off to college. Child arrived just the other day. Came in the world in the usual way. Oh, man, the cat in the cradle. That song made me ball as a kid because I had kind of a dad who was an alcoholic, but he also worked a lot. That combination means my brothers were my father. I know, this is not a weird South Park episode or anything like that. Who's Robert's daddy? (laughs) Is it the Denver Broncos? Is it Warren Buffet? Wouldn't that be great if I was the love child of Warren Buffett? I would dig that story. But, okay, so the kids go off to college, suddenly you got a big house. And you and your sugar burger are like, you know, my hips, I gave birth to that baby, and I can't get up the the street. I can't get up the the, the stairs. So you, it's time to downsize. So there's different homes in your life, different phases. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. How are you, Tony? Good morning. I'm great. You've got a very human story. I've got a very human story. 
Uh, my mom went from the empty nest five bedroom house. Uh, father has been dead for 20 years that we had to basically pull her from because it was too big of a house for her. And we had to find a, in this case, an old folks home. And instead, he, she didn't even get her own independence. She went straight into the old folks home. She never went into that, you know, the Florida condo, which would have been the dream, so to speak, for a lot of people. Um, you, you're going through an experience kind of like that where your parents gave up the, I guess you'd almost say the vacation house, the Christmas house, the, the house where the grandkids could come to. And now they're trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. Housing's an interesting dilemma. Do you remember your first home? Do you remember your first apartment? You and I lived together at one point in time. We did. I, I do. You were a good roommate. The other one, Mark, he was, Mark. he was something special. Well, he was, that was a great roommate because we never saw him that often. He'd just come in and shut his door. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I do. And, you know, I, I, I grew up moving around a little bit as a family, yeah. uh, kind of an overseas kind of guy, uh, government thing that my dad did. And um, so you never really I was, had a home. I was, I, you know, until you were in their 20s, but you get used to moving. And I never thought it was, I would settle down. In fact, California is one of the, the longest places I've ever lived in my whole life and, you know, without moving. Um, but I think everybody does that step. You know, they, they get into the apartment and uh, they could have roommates. Nowadays, it's common to have a lot of roommates in some cases, um, three bedrooms, maybe four people. I mean, uh, people have to do what they have to do. And then they start looking at, at the, you know, what is the next step? I think my greatest roommate story in college, I rented a whole house because I figured out business. I wasn't a young prodigy or anything like that. But it was a five-bedroom house, and it was a dump. It was $1,000. And I figured out I can rent the other four bedrooms for $1,000, and my rent could be free. The only problem is I had one roommate, and I only had one rule. Don't drink my last beer. Don't drink my last soda. Don't drink the last of my milk because I want cereal in the morning. And I had a roommate who never bought groceries, and he always finished mine for me. So I got really smart one day, and in the milk, I put um, soap, dishwashing soap. <laughs> and um, put dishwashing soap in it, and he went into it and drank it. You know what he did? He called poison control. He called the police. The police came and said, did you poison your milk? And I said, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm taking the fifth. I got two brothers who are lawyers and like, you don't admit to anything. You put milk in it and he's allergic to milk or you put soap in it and he's allergic to soap. You're just murder kind of thing. So you admit nothing. So I got that taken out of the station. They're like, we're going to run analysis on this. And if it comes back poison, we're going to arrest you. And 30 days later, it came back soap. <laughs> but you, you oh, you know, actually, it was bleach. Ooh. I'm actually remembering it better now. Bleach? That's not, that's not good. But do, uh, do you know what bleach is? Uh, bleach, will, you can drink a gallon of bleach, and the only thing it'll do is give you diarrhea. So, and uh, let's just say he learned a good lesson. And it was only a little I, bit. I don't have any stories like that, but I, I get the whole roommate angle. Yeah, it was bad. And like <laughs> the, the, these two roommates, this guy and another guy, um, they would, one of them had a a healthy love life and the other one did not. And they kind of spied on each other. It was bad. Like I, I never want to live with roommates ever, never, ever again. And that, that's what came out of that, that moment in my life. So don't put bleach in milk. <laughs> is my <laughs> advice. Or try not to have roommates. Right. Which is uh, quite impossible in some areas. Um, you know, we live in an area where, uh, I, people are selling. There's a bunk bed. What's it going for in San Francisco? Like fourteen hundred a month or something? It's it's. What's that? Oh no no no. no. There's a uh, actually someone selling a a a level of a bunk. 
They're renting. Yeah, so I mean, Airbnb people were Airbnb sure. out um, to kind of transient student type of people for you know hundred dollars a night, but you're spending it with three or four other people in the same room. Um, yeah, but you you do make that evolution eventually, Rob, towards wanting to buy a house. People are obviously waiting a lot longer. We have millennials that are living in their parents' homes for. Um, much longer than they used to in previous generations. Um, they're carrying a lot more debt. So we have a, a new kind of um, environment and first time home buyers, first time home buyers are waiting longer right now to buy their first home or I'm sorry, after they start looking, it's taking them longer um, over a year in some cases for them just to find the right house. It's limited inventory. So it's a different kind of environment for um, the way you and I grew up where it was just kind of a, Hey, this buy a condo or a townhouse and, maybe in that order and then a single family house once you get your you know your spouse and had we been cavemen we would have shared a cave together right so housing is an important thing it gives you protection if you own it you could pay yourself rent you don't have to pay someone else i just looked up the story on the bunk bed and it's kind of is a pod share it's you can rent a bunk bed in a communal space in san francisco a bunk bed one of the two beds twelve hundred dollars a month um you get a bed in the locker plus you get access to wi-fi you get ramen and cereal and basically to- basic toiletries. You also get a TV to share as well. That's out of control. In college, I had a five-bedroom house that was $1,000. Now you can get a bunk bed for $1,200. And people, are, people adapt to it. That's the interesting thing. People do adapt to their, their different housing needs. So I'm used to, uh, on the East Coast, I had a much bigger home. On the West Coast, I have a much smaller home. And I was there last night, and it's, it's nice. I think I now you can buy a... Kind of a, a little pod. Yeah. It's a, a little shed, but it's a, a live-in shed yeah. for the most part. And you can stick it in your backyard and get it from Amazon. I think I saw that ad the other day. Amazon Amazon's selling incredibly small homes. Yeah. And I imagine as a homeowner looking for more you know, ways to afford the house that you live in, to just go and buy something and throw it in the backyard. You know my solution to homelessness, right? No, no. Put them in toll booths. It's a teeny tiny house, and they're good at asking for change. Yep. I just went there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Solution for homelessness. Give them a home and a toll booth, because they're good to us. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Joining me today is Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Recently, with a drop in interest rates, you and I have been talking about refining one of my purchases that I made not after rates went high, but after rates went higher than they've been, but they're still not, quote unquote, on the high side. With that said, um, markets that look interesting, markets that look overpriced, I think um, I think everyone should fear buying an overpriced market, buying high, and then you see it go down $100,000. You're like, holy mackerel. That would be quite stressful for a lot of people. That's People want a crystal ball. Um, one of the most expensive markets in the world, Miami. It's overpriced big time. Tampa, Denver, Boise, Austin, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, the greater Los Angeles area, Houston, Seattle, San Francisco, Orlando, Charleston. More markets, more cities that we know seem overpriced. 
on the list, right? Uh, interesting enough, too, though, like Boise, Austin, um, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, a lot of these places were on lists. Um, a lot of investors list as affordable cities and investment opportunities. We, we've been talking about Boise and and some of these other places for a long, long time. And look what happened in Seattle. They had that big boom because they had the jobs there. Right. And now they've come back down. The sellers are seeing, or the owners were saying, you know, maybe it's time to sell. So some people were trimming off some of the profits, which they should. Um, and that created an opportunity and those little dips and bumps that people are looking for buying opportunities. Um, now we have lower interest rates, which is changing affordability. I mean, I get Miami having an overpriced market because the, the job growth isn't great. The population growth, it's not like they're having a baby boom. It's foreign investors it's coming in. It's a lot in. like the Bay Area if you, if you think foreign of Foreign investors coming in and buying properties. And but then you see Boise on that list, and you're like, Boise, yeah, I can't have foreign investors, can it? Like, all markets are kind of different. And, and they are. Um, and I guess it's relative, too, is they, when they do these types of studies, they, they do the median income you know, with 20% down, and how much can you afford? And they start working backwards from some sort of affordability limit and and you know previous highs. But if there's a lot more people moving there, I mean, Reno did this had the same thing happen where a big company moved in. And now a lot of people that live there think that everything's overpriced. Rents are overpriced. Um, they did say for a long time that you there was no waiting list. At all, you you could get an apartment right away. Now there's a five to six month waiting list just to get an apartment, uh, and that's going to create the demand for for homes, and it's going to bring up home prices. And we see that evolution in cities like that. I don't get Boise. Boise. I get places like Austin, though. Well, let me talk about Boise. Economic growth and popular population growth have been very high. Home builders have been able to keep up, so home prices soared forty percent in the last three years. 16% up in 2018, and their home prices by California standards are still ridiculously cheap. You know what's the big problem with Boise? They've got an employer named Micron, and right now there's a trade war going on with U.S. and China, and if it gets protracted, there's going to be layoffs. And that's when you want to step right into Boise and buy. <laughs> hey, sorry you lost your job. I'll buy your house for half price. I think it could be a lot of investors that also take advantage of the high and, and start selling, which could flood the market with inventory. Which is really the the big, you know, supply and demand factor in in home prices. When there's more supply, prices can go down. And right now, we just don't have it. We have new first first time home buyers that are waiting long or finding it harder and having a longer period of time finding their house. It used to be less than a year. Now, it's majority of them are taking longer than a year to find houses because there's just no inventory. And it's going to with low interest rates, we could probably see that number continue going higher. Markets with strong demand for real estate, not necessarily overpriced, but strong demand for real estate. Prices up 8 to 13% in the last year. Vegas, Ogden. Where's Ogden? Colorado. Um, that's in Utah. Okay. Ogden, Colorado Springs, Charlotte, Raleigh, Grand Rapids, Jacksonville, Nashville, Tucson, Indianapolis, and Atlanta. So Ogden's kind of an interesting one because you don't think of much when you think of Ogden. It's a Salt Lake City suburb. Okay. Raleigh, I get because there's three big colleges there. Atlanta, I get because it's low cost labor and companies like Amazon want to open there. Tucson, I don't really get other than it's a, a poor man's Phoenix, right? Sure. It's a desert, but they're building there. I don't get, I don't get Tucson. Other than that, they have affordable housing and people are moving towards affordable housing. Okay. That's You're going to see those big increases and in percentage increases, which are, you know, put these places on the list. When they're not necessarily overpriced to somebody like who moves from California. My favorite brother, David, was born in Tucson. 
And at one point in time, he was about a year old, and my mom's driving him across the desert because my dad's kind of off doing war stuff. And uh, cop pulled her over. He's like, she's like, lady, look in your back seat. My brother Dave was dehydrated. There was like salt on his body. Like, that's how. Who wants to live there? Do you get my point? I do. Who wants to live there now? Okay, the strongest economies are in Ogden, out of those the last Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Colorado Springs. I get Colorado Springs. The weaker economies, where job growth is below the national average, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Raleigh, and Grand Rapids. Now, let's talk about areas with good growth, but with moderate demand. This is where the area could be kind of interesting. Um, Fresno, Philadelphia, Winston-Salem, Cincinnati. Markets that you don't really hear a lot about. So maybe markets we should be interested in. I've, I've never heard anyone say Fresno is like all that in a bucket of chicken. Hey, let's move to the family at Fresno. But there's good growth and moderate demand, so the homes are still pretty affordable. Also on that list, Dallas, Sacramento, San Jose, and Portland, Oregon. What do you think about uh, Portland? That's a tough one. Um, I like Oregon. Okay. Um, I was born in Oregon. I don't have a big enough beard for Oregon. Not yet. Um, And you're, you're too old. And I you don't know, have tattoos. And you don't have tattoos. And I don't have piercings. I have plenty of cousins that live in Portland. I like Portland. I wouldn't move there. Um, I think it has become overpriced, and it is, it's is—it's getting overcrowded. Um, I once went to Portland, and a woman went crazy. She goes, mm, 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 you are fine. You don't have any piercings, any tattoos, and no beard. I'm like, I could be, I could, I could be fine in Portland. Um, I, I, I don't, as, as far as an investment, rents are going up. I have a lot of clients that own condos downtown and they yeah. do very well the pearl um, district very nice yeah they they've done very well i don't know if you can still get that kind of return on your you're, investment you're building a today. lot of waterfronts both in vancouver and in portland you, you can take seattle portland and, and san francisco san francisco leading the way where it just takes a lot more money to put down to get a rate of return on your investment and it might not be as much as you can get elsewhere i mean it's kind other of play there's you just named 20 other places that I could I would buy before I bought Portland. What's interesting, because our down payment in the Bay Area is a whole freaking fragging home in most of these cities. Or two. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Tony Mendez is my mortgage lender. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Time for tickets. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, 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 winner. I'm going to give away two, not one, but two pairs of two tickets to see Seal. Art, 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 art. I kind of wish that R2-D2 was a seal in Star Wars movies, and he would just go around going, art, 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 and then you hit him on his back, and he goes, two, D2. Anyhow, and anyway, uh, winner receives a pair of tickets, general admission to see seal Saturday, July 13th at 7.30 at the Mountain Winery in Saratoga. Tickets on sale now at the winery, uh, mountainwinery.com. It is a great place to see a show. Saratoga's got some of the best restaurants in the Bay Area. This is a good ticket. Remarkable career that spans two decades. London-born. He wears white suits. 
To win the tickets, you got to call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The show is Saturday, July 13th at 7.30 at the Mountain Winery in Saratoga. To win the tickets, you got to go, ar, 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 ar. and you win the tickets, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You'll hear crazy. You'll hear kiss from a rose and much, much more. Formerly married to Heidi Klum. Don't hold that against him. She just got remarried. He's won multi-Grammy awards. Multi-Grammy awards. That's kind of cool. This is a good giveaway. And uh, like I said, there's nothing better than Mountain Winery. I saw Craig Ferguson not that many years ago at Mountain Winery. Um, The food there's good, but the food in Saratoga, holy mackerel, there's good restaurants. Anyhow, and anyway, 800-516-1220 to win, and you got to bark like a seal to win the tickets. You do that, and you are a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Art, art, art. (laughs) You can't win. (laughs) Or can you? Or can you? I can. No, I can't. I think I work here, don't I? In theory. So I got some neighbors, and they always leave their sprinklers on. They're a constant source of irrigation. Fences make There's good. not a lot of real good real estate jokes. My neighbors uh, leave their sprinklers on all the day. They're yeah. a source of constant irrigation. I tried. So um, neighbors, that's kind of an interesting topic. Do you remember the John Belushi movie, Neighbors? I do. I mean, it, it makes for humor, right? Real estate makes for humorous movies. There's been uh, Dan high- Aykroyd and John Belushi. John, who was the bad neighbor? Was it John, John, John Belushi. Belushi? Yeah. He was going to like, hey, I'll make you, I'll make you spaghetti tonight. And uh, he goes and he's like combing his hair. He doesn't have like spices to put in the spaghetti. So he's like combing his hair and he's putting dander for the spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Akron and Belushi, what a team. Yeah. But that's kind of interesting to note. How many movies are there? Um, the Money Pit with Tom Cruise, not Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah. Moves, houses Shelley are. Long. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Long. Shelley? Shelley Long. That's yeah. right. I should remember that name. <laughs> I know. Shelly Belly. Um, but yeah, houses are psychologically pretty important to us. And whether it's be bad neighbors or whether it be haunted houses or whether it be money pits, um, it's obviously part of our psyche and part of our culture. Yeah, we it's sold as the American dream. And uh, a lot of people are still trying for that. You know, it's, I, I actually heard a interesting comment about the American dream not too long ago is that um, – People still want that single family house. Uh, as an investor, I still think that that's the end result of my pinnacle of investing would be to get that single family house. Even though I might have to start out with a condo or a townhouse, I still think that, oh, especially a place like the Bay Area where you can read an article um, that just came out today, in fact, about how California is needs more apartments. If, and they're not going to build any more single family homes if if right now the, the push is for multifamily housing. And that also translates into condos. Uh, land is a premium and you can build a lot more condos in an acre than you can a single family house. And you get a lot more money in taxes and it's going to be incentivized by the city as opposed to single family development. So I think single family homes in the Bay Area will continue to be that um, end result goal for people. Let's talk about buying a home. I'm going to mention a concept. You can close your eyes. I'm going to be your therapist here. It's kind of a Rorschach thing without the pictures. It's just the pictures in your head. Um, Say the first thing that comes to you. Okay, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, pay down debt first. What do you cut? What do you? Before you buy a home, consider paying down debt first. No, 
Really? No, I, I, I have a, there was a person I met last night at, at the seminar and right. they said, well, yeah, we're ready to refinance. We just paid off all our debt. Okay. Um, you can use your refinance to pay off your debt and you really don't need to do it yet. For, for example, there are some people running around with good credit card rates and they they manage it unless you can't manage it. It's something that you could consider refinancing, but, um, unless you don't qualify, you're actually going to, if you're sacrificing your down payment, for example, to pay off some debt to qualify. Yes, I can see how that makes sense, but, um, I would consult somebody first. It, the, it the, really, reason, the reason, I, the reason I'm going against you, or I'm not going against you, I'm just have a different opinion or a different reaction, is people carry a lot of debt. It's student loan debt, college debt, which is student loan debt, um, unpaid medical debt, credit card debt, car debt, and now you're going to add you know, home debt to it, and then you're going to have to furnish that home, and you're going to have more credit card debt. That's an issue, and a lot of people go into buying a home thinking I can afford it, but then they forget that there's other bills well, associated. If they, if they have the right a, a down payment, it doesn't really sacrifice rate, or it's adding mortgage insurance, something like that. For every dollar that you borrow more in a house, it's it's actually cheaper than a credit card. So if you were were to sacrifice your down payment sure. and put it towards your debt, which could theoretically have a sixty percent higher payment, um, yeah, that that could make sense, but. Not everybody has to do it. I think this just is an example. You can keep it as a rule, but it doesn't apply to everybody. When you look at investment properties, a lot of people never think about their margins of the investment property. Calculating your margins is tough. You know, what sort of rate of return are you going to get on a stressed property? What rate of return are you going to get on a new home built? So I've got a second home that was kind of new construction. I could probably get a better rate of return to renters than if it was an old, dirty old cabin per se. Um, you kind of have to know that going in. That the old, dirty, old cabin is going to have a lot more maintenance than, say, the newer built construction home. So, uh, a lot. I talk to investors all the time, and I, I have people say, "I want to put fifty percent down on a property so a that lot. I can just exactly just so I could cash flow." I was like, "Have you calculated really what your rate of return is?" I've and and they may go, well, "It breaks even in the Bay Area." Go back to 2012, 13, and fourteen. You could have easily put 25 percent down and broken even. I just, just use that as kind of the, the base mark. And now it's 30, 40, 50% in some cases just to break even on a property. That's before you start looking at cash flow, yet people still do that. And they, they have to work backwards in that rate of return. What do you expect your money to do? We talked to a person the other day who's who wanted to keep a property and his primary residence buy a new property, but keep this as a rental, but he lost $800 a month. Meanwhile, he's sitting on seven or $800,000 in equity, which actually would drop his other payment by $2,200. Why wouldn't he just move the equity over instead? So that's a $3,000 swing on a monthly basis, really money coming out of your bank account. But he wanted to keep it because he thought his house would go up in value more. Right. So that's three. You remember the good old days like, when people would lose $2,000 a month on their mortgage? And they just wanted to hold it two years so that the home price would outpace the loss. And uh, most of those were calls were coming from somebody who owned in Vegas. Yeah. And in Phoenix. And, and, they, and, and their salary wasn't very high to begin yeah. with. And they overbought. They overleveraged. Yeah. Um, here's a thought. In my love life, if I, if I were to talk to my kid. <laughs> Don't I'd ask say, me to close my eyes again, by the way. Close your eyes. Would you ever tell your child, avoid a fixer-upper? I.e., don't date a girl who... You have a son, so I'm going to say girl. Would you ever tell your son, avoid a fixer? You, like, you can't save everyone if she's got problems. On, if on the first date, she's like, my daddy used to hit me. Run. 
Like it's only going to get worse there. And same thing with a house. In my opinion, you've got a lot of construction skills. You got a lot of handyman skills. Uh, I don't necessarily. I, I don't want a fixer upper. I don't want anything to do with a fixer upper. I don't have the time for it. I've got the money to throw at contractors and contractors will gladly overcharge me. I got a buddy who will come over and work for beer, but I don't like fixer uppers and women. I don't like fixer. And again, I'm That's not probably why I married my, my wife. She was somewhat of a fixer upper. Oh, I would say so. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a handyman. I can, I can take it. Yeah. So and she's probably not listening. No, it's her birthday today. So, so what's wrong with her? What, what, would, you cha- <laughs> what would you change? Oh, uh, I had to put a book on her head and make her walk straight. Okay. <laughs> or, or, on top of that book, on top of that book, did you put a pizza (laughs) (laughs) with a a string at the end? So, you know, with uh, some cheese. Oh, good God. Anyway, but what do you think about avoiding a fixer upper? I think a lot of people want to go for the cheaper house and they don't know what they're getting into. It needs a new roof. That's going to be expensive. Yeah, it's, you know, buying a new house. It doesn't matter if it's a fixer up or not is uh, maintenance is the most overlooked and underestimated expense on a property. Yeah. Uh, we see a lot of people, we see more professionals um, doing yeah. fixer uppers. Unfortunately, there's what 20 shows out there you can watch on a daily basis uh, that teach you that or show you that it could be very easy when it's really not. And I, there are people who have made mistakes. Um, I would not recommend doing it as your first property. Yeah, even uh, that is something that a lot of people are promoted. Um, you can do it on your own. And this is how you do it. And it's not really that easy. Um, it's all staged yeah. that you see. So I, I would use a mentor if you're going to do it, do it with a partner. Uh, but when I was looking at for my last home cycle, I looked at a house that a, like a 95 year old woman had lived in for like 94 years. And it needed new cabinets, it needed new rugs. It needed like basically it was just, I was going to be putting a new home inside the home. Too much for me. Too much. In the end, I was like, I, I, I don't want that project. Yeah, and if, if it's properly priced out, yeah. it should be built in there. And, and You're fair. Um, that's the way it should work. Unfortunately, in an area where we just don't have a lot of inventory right now, fixer-uppers are going for top dollar. And you have to, be, you have, to have deep talk pockets in order to get into it. I like that concept of deep pockets. I'm going to start a pants company that like the pockets get on the ankles. <laughs> you can find Tony Mendez. He's my lender. He could be your lender at BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at NewFocusFinancial.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Get it? Burn the whole house down? Uh-huh. Eh? Little AJR. Way up, way up we go. Been up and down that road. Way up, way up. Oh, no. We gonna burn that whole house down. Watch me stand in line. You're only serving lies. You've got something to hide. We're going to burn that whole house down. I know you're saying, Rob, you should do a whole show of just spoken word. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Oh, what do we have to talk about, Mr. Mendez? BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Well, if you want to stay on the theme of, um, you know, the rates, everybody's the biggest question we're getting is what's going to happen to interest mortgage rates when the Fed somewhere in July and hopefully... A lot of people are hoping 
that the Fed drops interest rates. Um, immediately, that's going to affect the you know, credit cards, equity lines, um, any other type of kind of consumer loans that you get. Yeah. Um, mortgage rates could follow. Um, we just saw hitting a three-year low. We're back off that low right now. Um, not saying that your opportunities to jump in on the game, get your skin in the game, as they would say, is over. It's just that's just what happens. Rates go up and they go down. And if you weren't ready to pull the trigger, you didn't get the lowest rates. They're still low. And you can go back and, and historically our rates over the last 10 years, let's just say in the mid four. So being below 4% is fantastic. It gives a lot of people opportunities to refinance, trim off some debt, um, you know, manage a rental property. Maybe that's not getting an, you know enough cash flow. Um, there's pr- there's renovation programs that people don't take advantage of as often as they should. Um, we don't talk about it as often because it's not a popular type of product. Equity lines were the the big um, push over the last several years because you know the prime rate was low, and right. now the prime rate's up, and everybody's like, mm, I don't want this equity line. Should I refinance out of it? So that's kind of that's the situation more- I'm in. Yeah, and you're like, why would I keep my equity line at 5% when mortgage rates are under 4 Right. Um, yeah, it's a cash-out refinance. And yes, you have to refinance your first loan at the same time, but now rates are below 4%. You're not really sacrificing a lot. So people are running those kind of numbers, and and we're seeing a lot of activity That's in what that. you and I are doing later today. We're running my refi scenario when it makes sense. Did I miss it last week? Do I wait? Here's a question for you. And I don't know if you have the answer. Let's say a recession comes six months from now. And the economy really grinds lower. Um, home prices would probably drop, is the assumption. But will rates drop or will rates go higher? Rates should drop. Okay. They should drop when you... Uh, I've never looked at a historical comparison of recessions versus interest rates. You can, just, you can follow the yield. And the yield should follow what's happening with the stock market. It should. Like it just did the other la- last few days. Now, other Trump news could affect it. Um, there are other global uh, things going on, like like Uruguay or something like that just announced that they're going to keep their rates at zero. But we have other com- uh, countries in the world that are keeping su- on, super wait, wait, record wait. low rates. You just lost me on that one. Uruguay? Did I say Uruguay? Why, why, why are we talking about Uruguay? I'm talking about the global impact of okay. of low interest rates around the in our global economy that are affecting what our rates could end up. Um, that, that could affect the 10-year as opposed to a recession type of stock market influence. So if the stock market goes up, usually we see interest rates go up. We've seen the opposite lately. I'm looking at rates online. Tell me what you think about this. You can get a 60-month used car rate for 4.3%. You can get a 60-month new car at 4.5%. You can get credit cards at uh, balance transfer at 126 a student credit card at 137 airline credit card at 145 Those numbers seem wrong to me. Seem a little high. They seem uh, low on the credit cards. As far as interest yields go, but on the auto, they seem a little high, but when you see something like a 30 year fixed and it's quoted on a webpage like a Yahoo or an MSN or a Quicken and you see a 30 year advertised for 3.73, I know that's not real. Because I have great credit and you've got excellent credit. Uh, it's an average. Okay, it's, it's an average. That's an average. That's not a quote. Okay, a quote always. I didn't know it was an quote. average. Yeah, that's an average. It's uh, those numbers right there come from Freddie Mac, um, what they call Primary Mortgage Market Survey. I love that you're pointing to a computer screen while you're talking on a radio <laughs> show. And you asked me to close my eyes, and people are supposed to buy that theater of the mind. Of course, you did close your mind. I'm pointing right now to the computer. I know, and that's there. You go, and people are like. Now, now they it's know. a laptop or a desktop. 
desktop. Yeah. So uh, that's because they know you would take it if it wasn't. Anyhow, and anyway, uh, you can find Tony Mendez at com. It's com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. How much of a discount should a haunted house have? None. I heard a comedian recently talk about uh, relationships being very similar to haunted houses. Like, <laughs> you go in like, it's, not, it's it always starts great. Look at this great house. And then it turns into, wait, the house is talking to me. Something's wrong with the house. And you basically run and flee. The walls are bleeding. Exactly. The walls are bleeding. Time to get out. So anyhow, uh, you have any great uh, stories? Who's getting loans right now? Who's coming to you? I know I'm doing a refi with you again, but who who else is coming to you? What what do they look like? I wish the the typical, you know, we we want to sell our house and buy a new one. I had several people last night ask me, how do you bridge that? you know, the sale of your property and the purchase of the new property without actually selling the house, but you want to use that equity. The bridge loans are gone. We're yeah. seeing a lot. Uh, so there, we have to be a little bit more creative and there are ways to do that. You can turn your old house in or you can buy the new house as a rental. There's other ways to do it, but I've got a house in San Carlos and I'm, I'm done with San Carlos. I think it's just overbuilt and everything and too many people and they're rude. They drive McLarens. Um, I want to move to a city. I don't want to say the city cause I don't want people moving there before I do. Um, <laughs> but do you typically, people, oh, by the way, already live there. Well, I know, but fewer <laughs> people live there than where I'm at. So, and I just don't like people is what it comes down to. How often do you work with people like me where I, I should probably rent the house on San Carlos because I got such a low mortgage rate. I could turn it into a business. And then I, can I would I would ask you if you if you feel comfortable leaving a, a million and a half dollars in equity there without and not getting the rate of return that you want. Should you sell it? Should you buy something else somewhere else or use that and put it in the new house? I, I go through all of the options. That's what Tony does. He gets loans done. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He gets to know you. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. Tell friends. Spread the word. I'm Rob Black. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.